Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? Um, today, um, we're going to talk to Dr. Nick Thurlow with uh, PT, or RPT, excuse me, Next Era, and uh, Dr. Austin will be with him. In the room right now, we got EE Strength intern Eric Santa Claus. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, most epic profile picture ever. <laughs> it tells a story. Um, Taylor Davis. Brandon Monahan and Ashton Newell. Okay. I'm DJ Edwards, by the way. I forgot to introduce myself. So um, today, just kind of flow with you know baseball rehab. Um, something really important to us. We really focus on bridging that gap. I feel like um, you know we're separating ourselves as strength coaches and PTs, both uh, working together with Next Era for shoot what Nick for how long now? Oh, about ten years. It's a long time. It's a long marriage. It's about as long as I've been married, actually. I had hair back when we started together. Yeah, you so. did. You did. And more muscle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Austin has been with us for the last, it's what? Year. Yeah, we just did his year review. Year so review here. Well, you were with us in Colorado, too, though. Yeah, starting in uh, April of last year. Yep. So, he... April to September in Colorado. September, whole off-season, Arizona. Yeah, so Austin... Uh, had the privilege to work with, with our pro group this off season. He was very hands on all all off season. Um, you know, he was in the in the gym. He was in his office. You know, doing PT everywhere. I was. What do you say, Austin? Like eighty percent of our guys got to see you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd say every guy that came in at least got you know a consult with me. But yeah, eighty percent of guys were you know working on whether it was like their hurt or just a little bit of like maintenance work. But yeah, it's just good to good to get guys on the table, get them feeling good. You know, that's what the whole offseason's about is feel good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're hurt during the offseason, then we're kind of screwed for the in season, I guess. <laughs> so I mean, building off that, Nick, let's talk about when guys should see you. It's not it's obviously not gonna be when guys are injured, right? You know, it's the biggest, you know, misconception of PT is like I need to go to a PT because I'm hurt. Right. So yeah, something I mean, we believe in is you know a little different, right? Yeah, I mean we fight that. Our profession is terrible. Like, I mean, we fight that stigma every day of the week, whether it's professional athlete or, you know, literally. But, um, you know, I would say in season, if you're wanting to, like, break down specifically where stuff's at, you know, a lot of the, like, the high school, college guys that are, you know, your traditional PO, pitcher-only type stuff, I mean, those guys really benefit from just routine maintenance work. I, I like to see guys every couple of weeks, whether they're hurt or not. We, we have an opportunity to get in and work on tissue quality to communicate with strength staff and be able to keep them, you know, up to date with what everybody's doing. Um, you know, conversation I was having with a, with a high school out in Colorado was, you know, high school coach didn't realize that guys were hurt. And the reason why is because we're trained to ask the right questions. We're trained to look for the right things. And not only that, but like players don't like to have those conversations with coaches, whether it's strength coach or, you know, head coach, whatever. Um, there's multiple times where out in Colorado, I'll be like, hey, did you tell, did you tell Joe about your about your elbow? No, didn't, didn't think anything of it. I mean, that could change a program, you know, and we could catch something early on really easily. Uh, that's huge. So, yeah, I don't know how many times I've had, like, athletes come in with, like, a shoulder problem, and then they start talking about, like, oh, like, I can't get down the mound this way, and then you bring up, like, a past injury, like, oh, I, like, I sprained this ankle a million times. It's like okay, you probably lost some like proprioception in your ankle. Your ankle's probably stiff. Like you're not getting to your hip. 
even right. if he passes the assessment, right? right. The lower body assessment is it's clean. Yeah. But then, you know, oh, by the way, five years ago, I broke my ankle, yeah. you know, and he's he had good PT at that, that time. Yeah. But now it's coming back. Yeah. And that's where I think as PTs, we do a good job of like digging into those things mm -hmm. where like they might not say that on your guys' like initial assessment, possibly, because they don't think it pertains to their function. But that's where like when we hear that and we see something on the table, we're like, oh, yeah, like that's probably why this is happening. For sure. Um, one of the biggest things that we have the opportunity to is we're able to act like a, you know, a collegiate program or a professional program with how our staff works together. Right. Maybe even more in depth sometimes, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, you have you guys have access to a program that Brandon writes. You guys have access to a program that Taylor writes, or Chris, or Joe. You, you know, you have access to the guys in Colorado. You have the guys access to the guys in Arizona. So, um, you know, having the ability to, you know, bridge that gap, like I said earlier, is a, a big difference, right? And um, you know, there's such a high risk of injury in baseball with you know, it being a uh, occupational hazard, throwing the ball, most violent thing in all of sports, right? So we want to make sure that we, we are able to give the athlete what they need, you know, first and foremost, you know, not just a, a bodybuilding program, powerlifting program, Olympic lifting program, whatever it may be, like baseball is so unique in a different way where we need to address the end range positions, the hips, the all that kind of stuff. So going into that, Austin, um, you know, what are some things that you check the box on looking at, you know, the different factors, different injuries we see in baseball? Yeah, I mean, right away, we kind of, our assessment goes based off of the SFMA. We do a little bit of on-base use stuff. So basically seeing how, like, it all starts with, like, the scaps and, like, T-spine stuff. Um, and obviously, like, proximal hip stability is kind of, like, the big thing. But I would say, like, if, if a guy can't, like, touch his toes and he's not, like, an athlete, like, we can – pretty quickly get him to touch his toes and figure out like why he can't touch his toes. Um, so like, I think just those basic movements that they suck at, like if we can get them better at those things that it can, it can clear up a lot of other things. Um, well, I think like we all know what happens during the season. Like we know the tissue changes that happen. We know guys get, they lose overhead flexion. They lose shoulder IR, they lose hip IR, their spine gets super extended. You guys are fighting that throughout the season, and as volume bumps for these guys, it's happening. More. I mean, that's that's a very broad, you know, gross thing, but like by and large, that's what we're that's what we're dealing with during the season. And for us to be able to get in every couple of weeks, every week, every month, whatever it is, like everybody's a little bit different, to be able to reset those tissue changes and then communicate what's going on with those tissue changes to you guys to be able to put it into a program and change something up. I mean, that's game changer. That's performance enhancing. That is injury you know, reduction to a T, um, you know, how many guys have you seen where their neck mobility is terrible after, uh, you know, a weekend tournament, right? Those guys come in, we reset, we hit the reset button on that. All of a sudden their shoulder feels better. And then you guys are working on something out in the gym from a, you know, movement prep standpoint. So, I mean, it all interrelates for sure. What do you got on that thing? Yeah. Like the nice part about like when we do our assessment too, is like the PTs Austin also gets to see our assessment. So it's like, some things that like the athletes will tell us as a strength coach will not be the same thing that they tell the PT. They might get more in depth with the PT for whatever reason, just because the PT is going to be a little bit more on the rehab side. Um, and we haven't like gotten to that conversation yet. Um, but just like that communication factor. And so like my eyes are different than Austin's eyes. And like, I might look for something different than Austin looks for. So it's like 
being able to bounce ideas off of each other. And then like, as we have an athlete that like he's working with in PT and then I'm also working with in the weight room, it's like, we can bounce ideas off, that, off each other, like try to progress the exercises as we go. So like these things don't come up again. And then as long as like he's seeing Austin, it's like that open communication is there to be able to go in Austin's office, watch him do, um, yeah, you hang out there all the time. By the way. Yeah, I get to learn. I get to learn a lot. From I can't. I can't get him out of there. It's fun. I, go, I get. I learn while I get to watch my athletes get to work. So, um, but yeah, it just makes like our job a lot easier in the weight room as well because it's like we get to see a different side of them and a different like um, kind of part of the whole thing with Austin and with our PTs than we do to kind of see in the gym and stuff like that. Well, you be. Yeah, I mean to try and not repeat what everybody else has already kind of said. Um, it just kind of comes down to, you know, being on one team with the physical therapist and as a strength coach versus trying to almost compete roles. Um, you know, like Taylor said, and like Nick has said, you know, or even Austin has said that everybody's going to see something different. And when it comes to the same athlete, we all want the same goal. And that's just to get the athlete healthy and to perform on the field and go do what they do best. Um, so, you know, it kind of comes down to the strength coach, sometimes putting the ego in their pocket, possibly, you know, and, you know, letting your athlete go get physical therapy, you know, like we don't want to fight it. Obviously it's only going to benefit them and then it should only benefit you as a strength coach on the strength side. Um, so yeah, basically the, you know, biggest thing comes down to is just, you know, taking advantage of it and using it as just another tool um, as a strength coach, you know, is having them in your back pocket. And then they also on the other end have you in their back pocket, you know, they're going to be really good at the, the rehabilitation side and, you know, seeing things that uh, they're trained to look for and then they obviously will then look at it on the other end and they have us to look for certain things as well for the, the strength side um, so I mean it just basically comes down of just you know being one team it's just kind of the same thing with you know if a guy goes and works with a pitching coach um, it's great to just have it all kind of under one roof and in, in house because then now the communication is just that much easier and it just kind of keeps everything as a, a cohesive unit yeah I mean the biggest thing for us is you know if the, the pitcher is thrown on the mound and we see you know, Noah, you see a ball getting cut. By the way, Noah's back, he was late. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, you guys cutting the ball, you know, the first thing I'm going to look at is the scat patterning, right? You know, so we're able to look at that. And if we're not able to look, you know, look further than that, like, oh, like his T-spine rotation sucks, he's lacking IR, certain areas in his rib cage or whatever it may be, you know, um, you know, sometimes they might just need needles, you know, or whatever it may be. So, um, having these guys in house is a huge benefit for us. Um, moving on, moving on a little bit. Talk about a little bit of torque stuff with the elbow that we've uh, we've seen a lot of early season post COVID stuff. It's been a nightmare this year. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot. I mean, knock on wood, our guys have been relatively relatively healthy, right, from the big league level down to the youth level. Truthfully, right. Um, you know, but we still have a few guys, you know, that have missed the start or whatever, you know, whatever real low, low number, but you know, what, what is something that you're doing to address that right now? As far as, I mean, I think the biggest thing we see is just like that flexor mass tightness, right? Like yeah. the pronator, pronator flexor mass just being incredibly tight. Um, I mean, that's a, that kind of comes to your whole, it depends, like, where is it coming from? But I would say like the biggest thing, like locally treating it, you know, super easy to, you know, throw some needles in a guy, do some soft tissue work, um, repattern some some arm and T-spine stuff. Uh, but, you know, it really kind of comes down to check, recheck, check, recheck over and over again, communicate with strength staff, make sure that they're doing their prep work. Um, I mean, I can't tell you, like, how many times guys just fall off the face of the plant on their A blocks and they're not doing arm care. Um, 
on field because it's not a priority anymore because they're not in here. They're out on the field. So, you know, even just like being in a guy's like face, telling him what he needs to do. And, you know, they nine times out of 10, they know what they need to do. They just stop doing it because all of a sudden they're in season. Um, but just being on top of them from that standpoint and constantly checking those movement patterns, um, it kind of comes back to that loss of internal rotation that guys get in their shoulders just because they're in layback more and more and more. They're gaining layback. They're losing that IR. That is going to cause that flexor mass to do a lot more work. And if we don't restore the tissue quality of the chain, then you're going to so fight up the battle. What happens if, you know, Austin's big on this, like total arc of the shoulder, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, I want to achieve as much IR as possible in the shoulder and the hip. Right. And then, uh, you know, a good end range stability of ER, you know, allowing that transfer. Um, you know, so what happens if the guy has excessive ER but has limited IR, mm -hmm. you know, external rotation, internal rotation for you guys to understand, sorry. But, um what happens if a guy has excessive external God, rotation and that up. <laughs> shut up? <laughs> you, <never know. laughs> um, you know, what happens if a guy has excessive external rotation and limited internal rotation, but he's at the total arc of 180 degrees? Yeah. You know, I think that kind of comes down to active versus passive as well, right? Like if I'm doing, you know, if guys are going to gain all this ER in season from just being there all the time, are they gaining it or are they passively gaining it? Is it a momentum thing or is it a motor control thing? It's usually they get it from a passive standpoint and their active stability end range is terrible. Well, we usually can catch so, that truthfully on our end. Right. You know, at Noah's end, by if a guy's shrugging on any exercise, any, any shrugging in any way to get this arm overhead and horizontal abduction, or abduction, excuse me, he's going to lack in interrotation. So if we see him doing a basic bicep curl, him, him shrugging, is a key factor, right? So we can catch that right off the bat. So right. that's something that we need to look for. But if it's too late, you know, that's, you know, how when it's too late, what do we do? Yeah. I, I mean, I my first thing is going to go towards, obviously, like assessing capsule. And that's a highly debated subject. But, Love it. hey, man, like, <laughs> like hey, glenohumeral moves, they work. They have a, they, they play neurologically. I think oh. it loosens stuff up. Really, It's easy to do. You can self-teach that to an athlete. Um, I'm usually going to default to getting right in on the backside of the cuff with some needles just to restore that IR. That's also going to give you a neurological like boost with external rotation. You're going to gain some of that motor control back just by putting needles in the backside of a cuff and hooking some stem up to it. The, the neuromodulation on that is, is huge. Um, and then of course, after that, like clean it up with a little soft tissue work. It feels good. Guys like it. It works. Um, again, they can do that on their own as well. Um, and then really important after that is, okay, we just gave this athlete all this range of motion that they couldn't do on their own. How do we reinforce it? And, you know, I know Austin's big on the dynamic stabilization and rhythmic stabilization. Um, I try to tend more towards like programming. I give guys like their own programs so they can do it on their own. And then again, following up with you guys to say, Hey, I need this, this and that done, you know, maybe post throw. Yeah. So, the big thing that we like to do is focus on the deceleration component, right? right? You can't decelerate, you can't accelerate. You know what I mean? So creating stability and then decelerate for us is the biggest thing. Yep. So whether that be through just decel catches or a rhythmic state like what you do, or just a, maybe adding an eccentric component in season when guys need it, you know? Um, Noah, what do you see on the mound when guys lacking that internal rotation deficit right there? Um, it's the same thing. Uh, like you said, guys will get into a shrug on the mound. It's the same way they would, you know, in, uh, in a curl or in the weight room or whatever. Uh, they really get into their trap big time. But 
me and Brandon have had a lot of conversations about this actually uh, and had some success cleaning it up with uh, kind of some arm repatterning stuff when it's a chronic issue for guys. But uh, just kind of a little, a little cueing as far as uh, guys that just, you know, it's just like a one-off thing, maybe a little overuse uh, type stuff. We ask some questions about recovery and how serious are you taking your sleep, your diet, what are you doing outside the gym, uh, kind of the external stressors that add to, you know, overall training economy. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I think I see, Brandon, you can back me up here, is they try, a lot of our guys try to do too much, like, right, there's a, there's a, there's either the end of the spectrum where you have a guy doing way too much or way too little, you know, in season. So, I mean, what are we doing to address the guys on both spectrums, I guess? Well, we can't really do shit for that. The guys on the other end of the spectrum not doing a lot, right? They got to get in, they got to get in first to, to our bills to help them, right? But what do you got on the other side? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you definitely have to know your athlete. So that's where just the communication that we kind of mentioned in our very first podcast. And then like we've talked about just earlier here, uh, communication with your athletes is going to be the biggest thing first and foremost, um, just kind of knowing what they're doing in the gym and then what they're also doing outside of the gym. Because um, you never know, they could be working with another coach or they might be spending extra time with their high school team and they could be doing just a lot of on-field stuff that could be possibly jeopardizing or going against completely what you're trying to achieve with them in-house. Um, so that's just where communication kind of comes down to it. And then that's where kind of meeting the needs of the athlete then kind of take precedent where basically f figure out what they're doing um, and then try and figure out what they're not doing enough of and then possibly what they're doing too much of. So like if a guy's, you know, way too much throwing volume off, you know, out of house, then when they come in house, we're probably not going to do a ton more throwing volume with them. We're probably going to try and work to um, basically counter against all the throwing volume. You know, we might just try and, you know, retrain patterns, uh, restore some movement that they've lost, and then just try and, again, just get them healthy to just stay on the field as long as they can. Uh, but at the same time, you know, every athlete out there just doesn't want to be shut down in general. Uh, so that's where you just got to kind of know where sometimes less is more, especially when it comes to end season. Yeah, a lot of guys, though, you know, less is more, right? But a lot of guys are going to go to 24-hour fitness or lifetime and work out with their buddies and do God knows what, you know, or – they're playing basketball or they're playing golf or they're doing all these other things in season, you know, by the way, who's, who's the best golfer in this room? Noah? Ashton. <laughs> uh, Taylor. D DJ takes yeah. a cake on golf, yeah. but we, we, we talked about the best basketball player in the room right now is defending time to defend yourself. So was, yeah. I was also in the yeah, room last week. We got a new best basketball yeah. player, right? True. I mean, that's not fair. Though. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's true. Austin, Austin played college oh. basketball. So, I don't know. Me and me and Simon got sorted out. We're we're two two and two right now, so we're tied up yeah. on our. But he ran away. Yeah, he is a little scared. He yes. ran away. That's why he's not here today. But um, I wanted to bounce back to the communication thing. So you know, I think the ability for Austin and I to put somebody on a table for an hour and have a conversation with them and work through some things. The things they tell us is, I mean, it's we're like psychologists sometimes in there, but I mean. <laughs> From a programming standpoint, I mean, like I said, guys under communicate to coaches. That's, that's just how it works. It could be about a ticky tack injury. It could be about load. I mean, I've had guys that I'm finding out that they're doing a, a power cleaning class in high school while you guys are trying to clean stuff up and you guys are have no idea because they don't think it's relevant. 
they come into us and there's complaint they're they got their elbow barking at them and we're talking about like hey man what are you doing outside of here i mean we have that solid hour on the table to talk about this stuff you told taylor that you're doing that no why that's really important you should tell him about that you know so i mean i think that's just like you know comes back to the whole bridging the gap between all of us you know well one issue you know which is understandable is talking to the high school coaches too Mm -hmm. right what they're doing at practice what their workloads at practice you have a way better relationship with uh, high school coaches, you know, because of the physical therapy. We're right. going to do this for you than most strength facilities, right? Or strength programs, or whatever you want to call it. So, I think you communicate with the coaches on that end and getting buy-in from that end, and then the kids buying in in that end is going to be huge, right? Right. I mean, uh, we've talked about this for years. I mean, we were able to have conversations by and large with these high school coaches and athletic trainers and stuff like that, that strength coaches can't necessarily have because for whatever reason, they tend to not like outside strength programs, but you walk in as a doctor and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're more help than anything, even though like, we're probably going to say the same thing. Right. But I mean, we just have that ability to kind of have a different conversation. And I think that's huge. I mean, we work with eight of the top 10 programs in Colorado easily. And you know, it's been like that for a while now. Um, and you know, all of the kids in Colorado and from a high school standpoint, they come in, they're not hurt. They're coming in. You look on any table in that room, guys aren't hurt. They're coming in for maintenance and 9.9 out of 10 of those guys are just training with, you know, doing the strength side with you guys. So for sure. Um, but I think it goes the same thing with like parents too, like talking to coaches and parents because like all these parents want these kids to get to a certain level in their careers. And so a lot of times it's like for them in their eyes, it's like, more is better. So the more tournaments I can get this kid to go play, the more games he can play, the more games he can pitch. And then, then we get kids come in here and like, dude, I'm beat up. What'd you do? It's like, I, I pitched three or four times this week. It's like, you're a sophomore in high school. Like, you don't need to pitch three or four times this week. And you get so, the damn weight room. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> and they're missing days in the weight room because they have to go travel and play tournaments and stuff like that. And so it's like 40 pounds. Yeah. And like, miles an hour. That's just not going to get done. And then, like, parents are like, oh, like, I'm my dad, Brent. He threw 96, not, not 78. Um, but, and then parents think it's like, okay, my kid's only lifting three days at push, but they need to go do another three days at EOS or wherever they need to go. And so they get them all these, like, other memberships and they get them hitting coaches and they get them pitching coaches and they have two pitching coaches. And it's like, they're doing all this stuff and then the athletes come in and like, you don't know why they're not able to perform as well as they are time and time out. And it's the stress factor of how much stress they're getting put on. It's just like so many people think more is better when it's like, what more is not always better. Less like less is more for probably about 95% of people. More sleep's better. More sleep is always better. More nutrients, more nutrients is better. Yes. I've always, I mean, we've talked about this for years, that pyramid, right? Yeah. Of like, man, parents, you know, no disrespect to anybody out there, but parents will dump an ungodly amount of money on whatever catching coach, hitting coach, pitching coach on the planet. But the second you ask them to invest in their body, like, oh man, oh, you don't take my insurance or... <laughs> Um, you know, oh man, like I have to come here three times a week to do strength training. I mean, it just, it blows my mind. If you flip that pyramid upside down and you put the money into the strength, put the money into the basic movement foundation, it's establishing a base. Yeah. The performance will come, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, how many kids have you come Such across? Yeah. How many kids have you come across that are just like stud athletes because they move well, all of them, all of them right? 
So, I mean, you, you, you can take the kid that moves like crap and give him the best pitching coach in the world, and he's not going to do it. For sure. Uh, transitioning here, like something I've noticed, something I know Brandon and I've noticed over the years, Taylor's beginning to notice a lot. Joe's noticing a lot. Um, a lot of arm issues are treated the same, right? Whether that be a quote-unquote garbage term impingement, um, a flexor mass issue, whatever it may be. Um, why do you think that is? Like, why do you, if you go to a basic PT protocol, why are all arm issues treated the same from TJ to slap tear repairs to whatever you want to call it? Why, and what's your opinion on that? Why are, why are we doing that as an industry? First of all, comes back to our industry is, I, 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 our industry is terrible. I'll be the first one to say it. Like, I mean, how many guys walk in here that have had PT before and they walk in here and they're like, wait, you do what? You're going to spend an hour with me on the table, just you and me, and we're going to work through some stuff. I mean, I think by and large, like the profession just hasn't evolved. I mean, from a, I know there's good PTs out there. I know there's bad PTs out there, but the profession, yeah, our side. yeah I mean, but the profession by and large is just, it hasn't evolved enough, especially in the baseball realm. Um, it is so easy for a, for a team PT to show up to work and look at a piece of paper and go through a protocol. Um, it's so easy to assume that everybody needs banded ERIR exercises. Oh, their cuffs weak. That's what they need. I mean, it's just so easy to do that. Um, but the second you start like actually doing research and looking into movement patterns and looking into different approaches, I mean, it's it's an open book at that point, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to is our profession just doesn't get it done. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, and I think the big benefit here is we get to work with you guys. So a lot of the strength stuff we can kind of push onto you, you know, so we get to push. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's just a huge component where like, if you go to, you know, not, if you go to like a different PT where they don't have a direct referral to a strength coach, it's a little bit harder for them to control all those variables, you know? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing, blessing for me this off season was having, you know, Nick working with my big league uh, Colorado guys, you working with my big league Arizona guys, and just looking at their program, going through their program, all right, all right, A block's changed in a certain way, or he has, you know, an X block or a Y block or a Z block if you're somebody specific, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, just having the ability to say, all right, well, I can see why he's doing that, having a conversation with you over – over it, Nick sending me a text of you know what what was going on with our guys there, you know it's I mean that doesn't happen at a basic facility, I feel right. like, you know. Well, and I think too like the the overall approach from like an organization standpoint, and something that I've really become aware of in the last like two three years is we've really evolved and started working with more and more pro guys and higher level higher level athletes. Is that you might have a really good PT or AT at a at an organization or a school or something like that, but it's triage in there. I mean, every PT that I've talked to that works for an organization, Austin's worked in an organization before. You got one guy to thirty guys, and you're doing your best to keep up with it, and and then you know you go off of that too. Say a guy's coming in like quote unquote rehabbing for shoulder pain, but you know that it's caused by like let's say you know frontside hip IR. You can't really touch that hip without documenting it. And if you document it, the team's going to ask questions. And then from there, it just snowballs. And it's a lot harder to operate at a, at a high level from a PT standpoint when you've got all this red tape in there. And, I mean, that goes with insurance, too. The reason why some PTs just slap a protocol on and call it good is because they can hand a piece of paper to a patient, put them in the corner, and go get the next patient. 
and all of a sudden they're getting paid for two patients. You know, that's just not how we do it. You can't get it done that way. I mean, you, you have all the experience in the organization. I mean, I'm, I'm talking off of what I've heard, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, typically organizations from my experience that come in, you know, get a flow sheet and kind of run through it. It doesn't matter how good the org is either. Right. right? Like there's phenomenal orgs out there with phenomenal PTs and phenomenal strength staffs. But, you know, I was having a conversation with one of our guys the other day and he's like, yeah, the strength coach, you know, knew, knew I needed this, but he had to re refer to the ATC and the ATC had to refer to the PT. So it was just like a long stem instead of just addressing that, what I know I needed at that point. You know what I mean? So I mean, their hands are literally tied, yep. you know, just because of A, protocols and B, they don't want to hurt anybody is the biggest thing, right? And just like you said, documentation is going to be the biggest pain in the ass out there. And again, like going back to what Nick said, having to go through that process for 30 different guys, like. Yeah, they're no going way. to you. Yeah. Right? How, how do you ever. You're a fishing guy. How do you ever even get that done? Yeah. You just can't stay on top of it. No. I had a I had a patient yesterday who had a pretty big, it was a high school athlete, and the mom was worried about their insurance benefits running up. Like, hey, little Johnny, we got to start tapering back because insurance stuff's starting to creep up. And I said, do you care about that, or do you care about little Johnny's performance on the field and staying healthy? I said, I don't care about your insurance. I care about your athlete. And she was like, that makes sense. We're going to. We're gonna stick with this. We can do this, and I, you know, it's just so you can afford not to do it. Yeah, at that point, right? Yeah, and then that comes back to like, wait, you're gonna you're gonna complain about you know X amount of cost, but that you're going over and working with this pitching coach that's triple the price of the value that I'm giving you. I mean, it's that it comes back to that value versus cost equation. No, so. we are just shitting on you right now. Yeah. I mean, leave <laughs> the, the room at least. <laughs> Guy comes into town for one fucking day and shits on me the whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty easy to do. Sec second best basketball player in the room. So. One on one, hundred bucks. <laughs> Why is it always Have you seen Nick bucks? do anything athletic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Right. A, he's left-handed. <laughs> B, just not athletic. At there we all. go. I'm getting a scouting report right <laughs> now. That's all I need. Uh, I choose Eric. Austin. Eric would beat Nick on one on one. No Ooh. way. With Jordan? I, I, love love Jordan. I love you, Nick. Uh, Jordan's not here. I don't want to give him a compliment, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Damn, gonna, Nick. Low man on the totem. I'm not going to defend that because it's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, like you said, I've known him for what, almost 11 yeah. years now. Like, yeah. I'm, speed, I'm spitting truth right now. Those who can't coach, is that what it is? Or, or teach? <laughs> yeah, so, I, I throw, I throw, I tap out it like, you know, can't do 69 teach, miles teach, per hour. Teach, teach I mean, I can throw hard. Thanks, intern Eric, for timing into it. It's one note today. One note of a throw off? Yeah. Ooh, that would be good. You do that. Yeah, throw off. Next today. time I'm down here, give me four. No, what about today? Hey, we're doing a bench off today again. I beat you yesterday. Round two. Bench off? Yeah, I beat Eric. All this right. is where Ashton reels us back in. Back, back, back to the show, everyone. I mean, I got nothing on that side of things. <laughs> no, I think, like, overall for me, though, like, I've seen, I mean, DJ, you and I in particular, man, like, think back to 10 years ago, how we, how you trained, how I treated, how we worked together. I mean, we're going to continue to do that. It's, it's, All I, it's I, been I, What I remember time. specifically with, with us, Nick, is, like, I'll get frustrated how you're treating the athletes sometimes, and you get frustrated how it's training the athletes sometimes. Yeah. But that honestly, what has evolved is where we are today. You taught me a ton. Yeah. You know, I hope I've taught you a little bit. You know. And yeah. Just, I mean, just, as much as you're a pain in the ass sometimes, like how much have we learned from each other? And like, exactly. I, mean, I, I I would put I would put us and our staff up against anybody out there. I swear to God, like 
hundred percent, hands down. That's why we continue to do this. Yeah. So, hundred percent. Cool. Well, that's it. Um, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram. Follow what's your Instagram, Nick? At Next Era PT. And ours will be in the short show notes at Push Perform Co. I believe it is. Sir. And at E underscore D strength Santa Claus. Make <laughs> sure you'll see it. Make sure you follow E strength. Intern Eric. Alright guys. Peace.